This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Tonight we're back on faith. If you got your Bible, we're going to start in Numbers 23, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Numbers chapter 23, and then we'll jump into the New Testament to Titus chapter 1. Both of those will say similar things, but I believe it's important that we lay a foundation tonight. So as you're turning to Numbers 23... Remember this, that any time you hear the word of God, the Bible said, faith comes. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So anytime I begin to say the word of God, you're, you're reinforcing your faith. Now, I don't care who you are. Anytime you come in contact with unbelief, it will affect your faith. I don't care who you are. Just areas of unbelief, what you hear and what you, you see. And so what you hear, uh, whether it's positive or negative, is going to impact your faith, either for good or for bad. That's why it's very important what you hear. And so when I begin to hear the Word of God and I continue to hear the Word of God, man, God will create faith in us because faith is a byproduct of the Word. You get the Word, you get faith. It's kind of like I said a few weeks ago. You, you get water, you're going to get wet. You don't get wet without water. You've got to have water, but with water you get wet. Well, it's the same with faith. You get the word of God, you're going to give faith. All right? So we begin tonight. Old Testament here, Numbers 23, verse 19. God is not a man that he should lie. Nor a son of man that he should repent. He doesn't have to repent for what he's promised because he's going to fulfill it, okay? Nor has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, has he promised, and he will he not make it good or will he not come through? Now, every one of us in here, we've been around people in our lives who their word wasn't good. And so oftentimes, that's almost how we look at God. Would God really tell me the truth? And so right here, this gives us a a biblical background here. God cannot lie. He's incapable of lying. And God never changes, and His nature never changes, and His character never changes. So again, we've got to get a hold of these truths right here. God cannot lie. Now, go all the way to the New Testament, to the book of Titus. That's right before Hebrews. Titus chapter 1. You know, one translation says, He's not given to lies, nor does he change his mind. And so that's why when you study the Bible, it says that that forever his word is settled in heaven. So again, you find where it's written, and I'm telling you, it's going to read the same every day. Titus chapter number 1, verse number 1. Paul, a servant or a bondservant of God, an apostle or an agent of Jesus Christ, according to the faith, in other words, right there, the best way I can say what that says, he was sent to proclaim faith. He was sent to proclaim faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth. Not just to tell the truth, but he said, you know what, let's acknowledge the truth which accords with godliness. 
in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. So now we see a, a principle that we found in the Old Testament. But now right here in the New Testament, Titus 1, verse 2, it says, God cannot lie. So when he gets back over here, the hope of eternal life, what God promised with eternal life, he's not going to change his mind. He's not going to lie about it. Verse number 3. But has in due time manifested his word through preaching, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior. Now it's interesting right here. He said that the things of the word of God would be manifested through the preaching of the word. So again, it's very important that me and you, we learn to get into the word. Now you've heard me say this before. You get in the word and God will get into you. And so I've got to keep getting into the Word of God. And when I get into the Word of God, one of the best things I can do is I get into agreement with the Word of God. How do I get into agreement with the Word of God? Matthew 12, verse 34 says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. The mouth will say it. So again, here's the thought. You and me... We control what gets into our heart. In other words, we're the one that decide what we eat spiritually. Whether it's the Word of God or junk food. So what begins to happen when I begin to feed on the Word of God out of the abundance of the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if you want to locate yourself, just listen to what your mouth is saying. Now that can be scary. Or tonight it can begin to raise the bar. Pay attention to the words you say. And so let me give you an illustration, just a couple here, I think, biblically, that, that will really help us. Um, in Philippians 4.13, and this will be a verse most of you know, it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So right there, that's a promise that I can find in the Word of God. So how would I come into agreement with that? I begin to say out of my mouth, I thank you, Father God. I can do all things through you. You give me strength to do it. And then just stand on that, and you just keep voicing that, and you keep voicing this. So again, out of the abundance of the heart, I begin to get the word of God in me. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I can. I remember years and years ago, I hated to stand in front of people. I was terrified, terrified, terrified. I begin to speak that. I begin to come into agreement with that, and I begin to say that. Father God, I thank you I can do all things through Christ. I can stand in front of people and speak because your strength is in me. So same chapter. Chapter 4, Philippians 4, verse 19, it says, And my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Now what did he say right there? He said, My God shall supply all my need according to his riches by Christ Jesus. So I begin to feed on that. And when I begin to look at that before long, I begin to speak that. So that becomes a prayer of mine. I've come into agreement with the word of God. And I say, Father God, I thank you. I thank you, you're supplying all my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So again, think about this. He can't lie. God doesn't say one thing and then look at us and say, I got my fingers crossed. God doesn't do that. And so when I begin to say out of my mouth, I thank you, Father God, that you supply all my needs according to your riches and glory, that is a statement of faith. 
But again, the Bible's very clear. Hebrews 11 once says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So the Word of God becomes my title deed. That becomes my proof. So again, I just start coming into agreement. Now, I can take you way, 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 way back into time. And, oh, this was in the early 80s. And I had a little bitty 1977 Toyota Corolla station wagon. Four-door hatchback. With a million dents in it. Actually, this may be shocking to you, but I won that car at an auction. For $325. Can't even buy a bike for that. You may say, well, Pastor, how long did that, that, that run? I drove that for 14 years, and when I blessed the lady and gave it away, it was still running. So on that dash of that 1977 Toyota Corolla, I had a little sticky note. And you know what on that sticky note? I had many sticky notes on there. But on that one, it says, Philippians 4.19 says, My God will supply all my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So there's a guy with me one day, and he sees those sticky notes, and he said, why are you have that in here? And I said, because I believe God's supplying all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And he said, you're crazy. He said, that doesn't make any sense. Well, I realize, you know what? It's not supposed to make sense. It's faith. And so again, I just keep speaking it. I keep speaking that God keeps supplying all my needs. According. And before long, when I begin to, to, to hear the word of God and I come into agreement with the word of God, all of a sudden, man, my life starts lining up to the word of God. Now, I wish in the natural how I could tell you that works. I can't. It's a spiritual thing. But the more we come into agreement with the word of God, the more my life just starts lining up. You know, there's power in the word of God. So again, early here tonight, man, I, I challenge you, I encourage you, find scripture that pertains to what's going on in your life. And I said this earlier, God's word is the remedies for life. It's in there. It's like buried treasure. Sometimes you got to dig. Now, turn back just a little bit, just a page or two, to 1 Timothy chapter number 6. 1 Timothy 6. That, that little car was such a blessing to me. I'm letting you turn there before I, I keep going. But I, I never forget just certain things about it. Uh, many of you have heard this, me say this before. But any key would start it. House key. Any key. It didn't matter. So why lock it? Any key. You know. And the great thing about it. You could be driving down the road and just pull the keys out. And it just keep going. And so I, I never forget that right there in the floorboard, uh, under the, the driver's floorboard, there was a big hole, and when you're going down the street, you just see the pavement. Well, that's not good when it rains. And you hit a puddle, and so it would, it would splash in there. But again, man, at that time in my life, I was just so appreciative to have a car. I was so blessed with that thing. I still see it in my mind right now. All right, we'll move on before I keep telling stories. First Timothy 6, verse number 12. Fight the good fight of faith. Contend for the gospel against all adversaries. Now, this is an interesting statement here if you really look at it. Why would he say, fight the good fight of faith? Because the word fight is a, is a verb. I mean, this, this verb here that he's talking about, it's an active verb. It's a forceful verb. And so he says, 
fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Seize or hold tight to eternal life to which you were also called. Now look what he says next. And have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Now, this gives me some insight here that when he talks about fighting the good fight of faith, they're highlighted in that is he said, listen, you're going to have to have the good confession. And not only do you have a good confession, he said, you speak it. You begin to tell people about this is what my God said. This is what his word says. Now, the interesting part of that, if there's a good confession, then there can be a bad confession too. And so they're the extreme from each other. And, and if I'm not careful, those bad confessions, they're going to lead me in that, that way. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Proverbs 18.21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. So again, right here, he begins to tell us something. Man, I've got to get a hold of the good confession. Confession is speaking out of your mouth. So faith comes by hearing. And hearing, and hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So the release in the good fight of faith is speaking, and speaking, and speaking, and speaking. And keep speaking the word of God. Keep letting it flow out of your mouth. And I believe right here in 1 Timothy 6 there, he's given us insight. Here's a thought for you. If it's a good fight, then that tells me, The devil's going to challenge you all the way. He's going to challenge you every step of the way. Now what we must understand this is the devil's after your faith. He's after your faith. You know why he's after your faith? Because you got to have the word to have faith. And if you don't have faith, you can't believe. And if you can't believe, you can't receive. Now I want you to go with me to the book of Mark. And this is where we're going to spend... The, the rest of the, this evening, I hope, right here. Go with me to the book of Mark, chapter 4. Mark, chapter 4. And so when we look at all this, just a challenge. Thank God thoughts and talk God talk. Again, that, that, is, that is Joshua, chapter 1, verse 9. This book of the law shall not depart out of my... I got to speak it. I will meditate on it there in day and night, that I may observe to do what's written in the book. And then he said, and then you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. So again, and begin to speak the word. Speak the word. I don't, I don't care how bad it looks, or just continue to speak the word. So here we go to, to Mark chapter 4, and, and Jesus has he's, he's taught or he's told his disciples about this parable. We pick up in Mark 4, verse 13. Now, if you got a Bible, this is is a good parable to really highlight. Mark, if you're taking notes, this is a good one. Why is it a good one? Well, let's just begin in verse 13. And Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? So Jesus gives us great insight, and you know what he tells us? 
If you don't understand this one, you won't understand the rest of them. You got to get this one. Really, in, in my modern day paraphrased edition, I'd say it to you like this one. This is the granddaddy of them all. If you don't get this one, you're not going to get any of them. This was how significant with Jesus' words. So let's watch the significance of why we got to get this one. Verse 14. The sower sows the word. The farmer plants the seed. So right here in this passage, the kingdom seed is the word of God. So immediately in this parable, Jesus tells me, I got to sow the word of God. I got to plant the word of God. So again, just a, a visual analogy to help us. Just, just think about the, the farmers going down through that field planting seed. And, and that's how our life would look. That we're going through life and we're planting seed. Now, here's the thing about seed that we got to understand. When the farmer goes out to plant seed, he doesn't wait until it starts coming up out of the ground until he figures out what he planted. He knows what he's planting. I mean, if you were going out there to a field tomorrow and ask a farmer, saying, what are you planting? He looked at you and said, I don't have a clue. There's something seed in there. You would look at him like, dude, you're whack. You got to get some sense. So again, he gives us insight right here that, that he says specifically, the sower sows the word. So he tells us specifically, you got to get the word. Where do we got to get the word? Right here. Keep ready. And these are the ones sown by the wayside. So to help with wayside, we would call this footpath people. These are the ones by the footpath where the word is sown when they hear. When they hear. So how does he tell me in this parable the word is sown? I got to hear. I got to hear. And so this becomes very... You begin to see how... how um, I don't want to use the word easy. Just how simple Jesus was when his teaching, when you really break these down. So he said, they hear the word. He knew you got to get in the word. You get in the word and God will get into you. Now watch the significance of verse 15. And when they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now let's think about this. Note what Satan was after. He was after the word that was sown in their hearts. Because again, he knows if he can get the word from ever getting our heart, then I'm never going to have faith. So right here, this tells me the devil himself knows the significance for human beings getting in the Word. And if it's that significant, or wasn't that significant, then why does he go after it? It says immediately. So guess what? He's after your faith. He knows the Scriptures. I mean, I can take you to Matthew 4, where he tempted Jesus, and he would quote the Bible to Jesus. 
He knows without faith it's impossible to please God. Hebrews eleven six. And so again, we see right here, if the Word of God is that important to the devil to keep you from getting it, that probably ought to be an insight to us. And maybe that's what Jesus was telling us in the parable. you got to get in the Word. If you want to live victorious as a Christian, you got to get in the Word. And everybody said, Amen, we got to get in the Word. And he takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. These are rocky soil people. When they hear the word, and again, listen, listen, they hear the word, and immediately they receive it with gladness. Immediately they receive it with gladness. But look what takes place. And they have no root in themselves. So endure only for a time. So they receive the word with gladness, but that word was just for a moment. They heard the word right there, but it was just for a moment. Now, if you were here a week ago, and I'm going to reference this verse several times tonight. In John 15, verse 7, it says, If you abide in me and my word abide in you, you'll ask what you will and it shall be done for you. Remember the definition of abiding is you must remain in it. The best definition of all of them was the word of God must take residence in you. And so right here when you read this, they they heard the word and immediately they received it with gladness. But they never allowed the word to take root so they didn't last long. And it goes to this right here. I've got to allow the word to take residence in me. You know what? Taking residence with you. You live by the word every day. Woo, I live by the word. You know, King David said this. He said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I mean, I believe that's how the word is just throughout the day. We just begin to speak the word. We rejoice in the things of God. And so therefore, we take up residence in the things. Now, he goes on to say this. And immediately they receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves. So they endure only for a time. Let me just say this to you. If you've seen yourself in life where you're going along, and then all of a sudden, spiritually, it just seems like the bottom falls out. Has that ever happened to you guys? It's happened to me. You know what I believe it's a sign of? We've gotten away from the Word of God. We only endured for a time. So guess what? I can repent and I come back and say, you know what? I'm going to learn from it. I'm going to stick with the Word. I'm going to stay with the Word. I'm going to keep staying with the Word. And so he goes on to say this. He received the glass, so they only endure for a time. Afterward, now listen to this. When tribulation or persecutions arise for the Word's sake or because of the Word's sake, Immediately they stumble. And so he says, because of problems and persecutions, a result of the word, they stumble. So this tells me again right here that, man, when we begin to get the word, the devil comes after you any way he can. He'll bring persecutions. He'll bring obstacles. And again, the goal is to to steal the word from us, to get my eyes off of that. Verse 18. 
Now, these are the ones sown among the thorns. These are the thorn patch people. They are the ones who hear the word. They hear the word. I'm just going to give you a little insight. Pay very close attention how the devil operates. How you can hear the word, but look at the, the tactics that he uses to try to, to try to crowd the word out of your life. Now watch this. And the cares of this world, the cares of this world, I got to work, I got to work, I got to work. We got dentist appointments, we got doctor's appointments. We've got gymnastics. We've got to be at this birthday party. We got a parent teacher meeting. We got the cares of this world. Seems very innocent, right? And guess what? The, the devil will load your calendar up. Keep watching. And the deceitfulness of riches. Man, I'm I'm gonna work and I'm gonna work. You know what? God applauds hard work. But God doesn't applaud hard work when it becomes the deceitfulness of riches to say, man, I, I, I just got to have more money, more money, more money, more money, more money. And the desires for other things. The desires for other things. So we see three major points that the Lord Jesus uses in this parable. And in this warning, he said, you got to get this one. Because again, he's going to use different things to come after every one of us. And again, for your life, it may, it may be the cares of this world. For some of us, it may be the deceitful riches. For others, it may be the desires for other things. And look how he ends the verse, and he says, They enter in and choke the word. And it chokes the word. And when the word is choked, it becomes unfruitful. It does not bear fruit. And this was Jesus' warning to us. Now here's something interesting about the first three. The footpath people, the rocky soil people, and the thorn patch people. Every one of them heard the word of God. You go back and look at that. Every one of them heard the word of God. So in this parable, Jesus is teaching me and you, we got to hear the word, but it's just not about hearing the word. Something else has got to take place in order for that word to bear fruit. And so the bearing of the fruit for the word of God is that those promises that he's made to us, they become fulfilled. And he's telling us, I'm telling you, he wants that to happen. How do we know he wants that to happen? Well, we get to the good one. Verse number 20, and this is the good soil people. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Now, what I want you to do here is take special notice to how he describes good ground. Those are the ones they hear the word, just like the other three that, <coughs> excuse me, that, <coughs> that went before him. They all heard the word of God. They hear the word of God, but watch this. They accept it. One translation says, they receive it. Now, guess where this takes us? It takes us back to last week that if I abide in him and his word abides in me. So again, when they accept it, they take up residence in it. 
In other words, they say, this is how I'm going to live my life. I'm going to live my life by the Word of God. I'm going to hang on to it, and I'm going to hang on to it, and I'm going to hang on to it. And watch the results here. It, the Word of God that it's accepted, and they will bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. And so Jesus gives us great insight right here. We hear the Word. We follow the Word. We follow Jesus at, at, at no matter the cost. So again, you see, that the devil doesn't want you getting into the Word. That's why he's going to fight your faith. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Well, he's going to oppose so you don't fight the good fight. So you see right here, not only the significance of the Word, but if he can steal the Word, he steals your faith. Now here's another interesting point about verse number 20. The farmer right here, he sowed good seed. But not all the seed sprouted. I got to stay with it for it to sprout. Another point that Jesus made, that there was various degrees of the yield. He said some would receive 30. Some would receive 60. Some would receive 100. You know what 100 was? That's a bumper crop. That's incredible. And so when I looked at that, here's the thought that came to me. It all depended on the level of their faith. It depended on how well they soaked themselves in the Word of God. How well they dug in and they just kept believing and they kept believing. Now, I'm going to quote a verse to you, just the significance of the Word. In Ephesians 6, 6, verse 17 says this. And the sword of the Spirit which is the Word of God. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So in that passage there, was the Lord Jesus telling me the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God? One way we defend ourselves and we fight the good fight of faith is through the Word of God. I believe that all my heart, that that's what it was. Because when I go back there and, and, the, and, and, and the devil begin to encounter Jesus. And he said, turn this bread to rocks. You know how Jesus fought him? Jesus didn't throw an MMA on him and get him in a, a chokehold. Jesus didn't take him down. Said, Jesus looked at him and said, listen, gen-. he didn't say genius. That's my paraphrased edition. You know what Jesus said to him? He said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The devil comes after him again. You know how Jesus defended himself again? He used the word of God. You put some Zorro moves on him. You start quoting the word of God to him. And you'll paralyze him. And so when I see all this, I begin to say, man, the word of God's powerful. This is Hebrews 6. The word of God is powerful. And it's alive. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so again, the devil knows that. He just doesn't want me and you knowing that. And so your homework is, man, i got to get into the Word. And I begin to get in the Word. And I begin to come into agreement with the Word of God. And I begin to speak the things of God. And I continue to speak them. And I continue to speak them. And, and let it be a joy. I mean, you, you put those little sticky notes on your car. You stick them on your mirror. Again, you get God. 
You get God's word in you and you'll get God in you. That's what begins to happen. And it'll change you. It'll change, I'm telling you. You start walking to that beat of the word of God. Get ready. It's a good thing. <coughs> Excuse me. The, the majority of the areas of my life, and I'm not going to say them all. Man, I started finding scripture. I'm, I'm a digger of scriptures. If you ever come into my office, sometimes it looks like chaotic junk. You look and think, what is he doing? I mean, I'll have Bibles here. I got scribblings all over the places. I make little notes to myself. Man, I write and I dig and dig. And I, I will get so tickled about the Word of God. I'll say, yes, yes, yes. And so this morning, I'm, I'm marching across the basement and I'm doing my affirmations. I'm speaking the Word. Man, I'm telling the things of God. Man, there's rolling out of do, 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 like a machine. I got so tickled. I just sensed the blessing of God. God said, man, just fire the Word. Speak the word. Speak the word. So let me ask you someday. Where are you struggling? Are you struggling? Are you struggling? Find the word of God. Start speaking it. Speak that over your marriage. Speak that over your kids. Speak that over your job. And watch what God will do. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.